Hi, welcome to another episode of Notable Music Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Steislinger. Today's episode features interviews and performances with Sean McGregor of the Pittsburgh Drum Exchange, Adam Morelli of A Money in the Downtown City, Mike Bergens of As Ladders, and Angela Autumn. Up first is my interview with Sean McGregor. And thank you all again for coming. Uh, I'm sitting here talking to Sean McGregor, uh, owner of the Pittsburgh Drum Exchange and also a drummer himself for uh, the Common Heart. Um, and I just wanted to get started with you, Sean. Uh, we'll talk about the, the Drum Exchange and what kind of gave you an interest to start your own drum company. Sure. Um, well, thank you for having me. Um, so Pittsburgh Drum Exchange is uh, about a year-old venture for, for me. And um, it started... Um, there was notably a store here in Pittsburgh called Drum World that was in the South Hills. And um, Drum World was there for like 40 years. It's not there anymore. It is not. Wow, I didn't. Um, well, Drum World was there for about 40 years. Um, and Stan, a gentleman named Stan Buswell, owned it. And um, Stan, um, Stan really garnered a great community for drummers there. I grew up going there. And my now business partners grew up going there and teaching there. Um, and those business partners are uh, David Throckmorton mm-hmm. and a gentleman named Lou Ross. Um, and so being working drummers and, and playing through the city and playing and all over, uh, I got to be really good friends with them. And they're in large part big mentors of mine, you know, particularly Dave. He's, um, if anyone is familiar with his playing, it's like he toured with Maynard Ferguson for a really long yeah. time. And he's he's unbe- he's yeah. unbelievable. I mean... It, even even as guys who've done it on a really high level, Throck can, Throck can throw down with the best of them. And he's, you know, he's unbelievable. So for me, just always being friends with him, we, we used to talk all the time like, hey, if the rumors of Drumworld closing were rampant for about five years before it actually happened. And so when we started hearing those rumors, we just, we, um, we were like, hey, you know, if this happened... You know, maybe we should do this on our own. And I worked for a very big music retailer for a very long time, for nearly ten years. And did that kind of make you want to branch out? You know, it's it's interesting because I was twenty when I joined that company, mm-hmm. um, and they're the, the biggest in the industry. There's no disputing it. And you start learning the ins and outs of it, but you also realize where the big connects are, disconnects are of being such a big company. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, for one reason or another, and not even to demonize them, it's it's a product of being as big as they are. You really lose any kind of local feel and feel for the people who are shopping in your store and what people want. So in knowing those guys, I was like, hey, you know, like it would be really cool to kind of take a take a run at this and running a really great drum shop without the training wheels on and without the confines of working for such a big company. And, um, and that for us was just yet again, being a reflection of the people who shop there and the people who, who we're friends with and, and knowing, knowing, you know, Pittsburgh being a big city, but not really that big, you know, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that I know most of the drummers who, who work on a regular basis and, you know, a lot of them would come to the store and we just wouldn't have what they were looking for. So we, we kind of wanted to do that. And, you know, the fact that all three of us are playing professionals, touring and doing what we can, you know, I think we're able to t- relate to people on a certain lo- like a different level than, a, you know, one just of those big box store. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think people come to us with a little bit of credibility inherently, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> so um, that's what we did. And so when Drumworld actually closed, the three of us put our heads together and we're like, cool. Let's, Let's go. So yeah. I, I left my job and then, and then we started this and it's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun and we were a year in doing well and hoping to expand and, and get involved in different things, teaching lessons, repairing drums. And we do all that now, but we're just looking to expand it. So it's been a lot of fun. It's really cool. Does being a musician and a drummer yourself affect how you run your business? Of course. I mean, a being that we do sell to drummers, you know, mm-hmm you feel for what those people are doing. So like in the event, you know, not that anyone's looking to get anybody, we know, we know what it's like to be musicians. All of us have been there and, you know, 
Sometimes you just need a cheap, simple stand that's going to get you through a gig. I don't need right. that to explain that to anybody, right. and no one needs to explain that to me. Mm-hmm. So you feel for these people, and it's it's about building a community. Like, uh, yet again, in my previous life for the bigger company, I heard this. There was this story that went around the company pretty rampantly about the Seattle location in the early '90s, and when those bands were going on, mm-hmm. um, the drum shop in this very big music store would would air the Seattle Seahawks games on Sundays and all the drummers of Pearl Jam and Nirvana, you know, Dave Grohl and all these guys would show up just to watch the Seahawks game with other drummers. And I was like, man, that's, you know, drummers inherently, you know, other, other instrumentalists and singers, there's a community like singer songwriters right. like to be friends with other singer songwriters because yeah. there's commonality there. But it seems that drummers just by virtue of the instrument in the sense that it is such a communal thing, drummers are a weird breed. Like Have drummers love being drummers fr- or drummers love being friends with other drummers. Have you seen Fred Armisen's newest stand? I have. Special? I have my critiques, but I think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I say that because like, He's clearly a drum guy. Right, right. Like, and, just, and drummers, yeah. I mean, like, guitar players, you know, especially lead guitar players, it seems that, like, there's an inherent, like, ego aspect to that sure. because there has to be. Right, like, yeah. you know, to be that guy out front and being ridiculous, like, you have to have some kind of confidence. Like, you know. So the drummers always show up on time. The drummers are, you know, <laughs> well, I don't know about <laughs> that. Ask my bandmates about that. That's <laughs> not true. Um, but, uh, it, it, I, th- I th- but saying that, I feel like when we have couches in our store, we have a TV, we have, you know, we have a record player. Like, I, if every drummer in town wanted to just come out and hang out for hours and not buy anything, I'd be totally cool with it. Like, I just, I, I want to be. I never. I think I'll lose interest in doing this if I don't feel that I'm serving some kind of purpose to other people who are in my spot, and 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 that's the way my my business partners feel about it. I'd rather be like, hey man, like. I got this symbol in and I, I could probably sell for a lot more, but I know it's what you're looking for. Like, can right. you just come in and I'll get you a deal on it. And that, that kind of vibe really appeals to me. And, right. yeah. and it's, it's very different. And I think, you know, I don't think anybody wants to buy their, their guitar or their drum set from Best Buy. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's not the company I work for, but you know what I mean? Right. Nobody wants that. And I think I, I think everybody wants to know the cool mechanic on some level, if you know what I mean by that. Everybody wants to know the guy who isn't going to fuck you on your car inspection. Can mm-hmm. I swear on here? Of course. All right, cool, fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, that uh, I just love that aspect of it, where it's like, you know, I get this really cool killing old symbol in, and I know that Brian Wolf plays, you know, old soul stuff. Right. It's gonna make his shit sound amazing. Yeah. Cool, Brian, you should, you need to come get this. Right. And and it's not just because I want to sell him something; it's because I know he's know gonna he sound it. great with it, and right. that's what I want. So, yeah. how do you balance uh, the life as a musician and the life as a business owner? Uh, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, but it like. it's striking. It's striking how many similarities are in both. You know, especially when you start touring and you start trying to run a band on a bigger level. Like, it's like running a business. It 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 really is. You know, with a lot, you know, there's passion in both. Mm-hmm. There's ownership. There's skin in the game with both. I mean, I love them both. I love them both for very different reasons. You know, but. It's, you know, ask my wife how good at balancing I am. She might give you a different <laughs> answer, you know, so. Um, so where can we find information about uh, not only the Pittsburgh Drum Exchange, but also uh, your musical endeavors? Um, so a few different places. Uh, Pittsburgh Drum Exchange is Facebook, com- uh, Instagram, PittsburghDrumExchange.com, Twitter is Pittsburgh Drum Exchange. The obvious ones, all there. Um, music... Uh, the music endeavors is obviously my number one is the common heart. Um, I've got a lot of exciting things going on with that. Um, and then I have a few other projects. I'm in a, I have a band called funky miracle. That's all new Orleans funk. Cause I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. And I have some great players in that. And I'm also in a band and a project called the ruckus brothers mm-hmm. with uh, Diego Burns and where we just do different projects all the time. So that's the ruckus brothers.com and then funky miracle on Facebook. Cool. Um, and real quick about the Common Heart, what can we expect from the Common Heart coming uh, out? Common Heart has a new record coming out here. 
um, in the fall. I'm expecting a late fall release. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we're, this will be our second full length record. Um, we've been touring quite a bit. Um, we've been all over the country with with a few great bands, Los Lobos and um, JJ Gray and Mofro in particular. Mm-hmm. And doing our own stuff. We just got off Peach Festival, and we're going to be doing Outlaw Festival with Willie Nelson and Van Morrison. And um, but the second record, it's it's. Uh, I could can, can talk a little bit about that. Absolutely, yeah. go for okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So nope, that's it. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so the second record, I have a really good friend by the name of Jeremy McDonald, who I went to high school with, and Jeremy is one most one of the most musically inclined and naturally gifted people I've ever met and he's been that way since fifth grade it's sickening how you know how talented he is and he could tell you what pitch your car horn is and he's right when you test him on it it's crazy but um he produces records he lives in New York he's he's a very talented engineer he, he works a um he he owns his own company called Mason Jar Music and they're kind of like a all-inclusive music like venture i guess you would call it you go to them they have visual artists employed for your like they're there for everything they do their own mixing mastering and the guys that they employ are insane i mean records like john mayer's continuum came out of was mastered and mixed by them and like so i i out of the blue one day i just called jeremy and said um we would love to do our next record with you and his schedule is a bitch Mm -hmm. um but he was like hey i have this little tiny stretch off if you guys can come to New York and just bang out this record in six days we'll do it and I'm like cool we rallied the band uh-huh. we all hopped in the van went to New York for a week and we worked 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day oh, wow. tracking everything live at this beautiful studio called Gradwell House it's actually in New Jersey but um, and it's you know we just would he would. He was really good at challenging us because we would play the songs like we've been playing them live, and he'd go, "Cool, yeah, that sounds really good." But the bands that you guys want to say that you're like, you know, they wouldn't do that. Right. They would make some other choices, and not that the choices that you're making are bad. There's just better ones, right. and he would challenge us to find those better ones. And so, I while simultaneously I'm really proud of it it was also one of the most challenging things I've ever done musically and it was exhausting but now like you and then you go through all the mixing and the mastering of it and I had to take about a month away from it uh-huh, just yeah. because I was just so so, drained. so burnt out mm-hmm. on it and um, and now when I listen to it I'm like shit really good it, it sounds pretty good yeah, you know uh-huh. and it's hard now you know to, you know the critiquing phase is over right. it is what it is right i'm yeah. just ready for people to hear it and ready for people to you know kind of give us the feedback and stuff but we're really excited about yeah, it i can't wait to hear it i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can't wait to hear it yeah, we're, also. Working, we're excited yeah for awesome. sure um well once you release it i'd love to have the full band on sometime uh, i'm sure they'd be into that yeah cool. yeah for sure awesome Sean McGregor of Pittsburgh Drum Exchange and in the Common Heart, as well as other musical ventures. Thanks so much for coming on. It's Thank been you a for pleasure. having me. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with a performance from As Ladders. Come 
performed what was the name of that song um boomerang boomerang uh a song by as ladders mike's project and we're also here with adam morelli and adam you have a, a project of your own correct yes uh, a money in the downtown city a money in the downtown city well thank you guys both for for joining us here today um let's get right into it let's talk about uh your interest in music and how it developed uh something i like to ask my guests is what is your earliest musical memory so, Mike, why don't we start with you? Okay, um, let's see. Well, I think like like maybe most people that are, that have religion in their lives growing up, it was definitely in a church, um, listening to hymnals and uh, singing uh, singing hymns and listening to organ music. Um, it's got to be it. I mean, other than that, you know, my dad had some records, um, and uh, later on in life, I sort of inherited those records, but. The music, for the most part, was either on the radio, a lot of hits in the radio around the 80s, um, you know, Dirty Dancing and stuff, and church. Adam, same question. Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing um, in no. church? <laughs> on the way back to um, and from church. So With grandma. I don't know. I wasn't expecting that question, um, but that's a good one. I Definitely the radio. I. It's not really the style that, that I perform a lot, but like... 90s R&B, like Boys to Men, All for One, Babyface, like that, I was into that stuff, and uh, I just sort of got into it that way, and then through, I guess, rock and roll radio, and listening to Oasis, and different bands growing up, um, yeah, I guess just through the radio, and hearing stuff through, you know, that night, Wallflowers, definitely listening to them, 
and then just things kind of evolved from there. And then my my parents' record collection and just kind of hearing things and putting things in context. Uh, when did you want to start performing music or playing in bands? Or were you in the school band or anything, Adam? Uh, for me, it was more. I was always a performer. And I had these ideas and these, I was more from the poetry side, and so I would write, and I would have these poems, and then I would see, in high school, friends and different people making songs, and I had that part of it, but I started playing guitar around that time, so it was then I thought, well, if I see other people doing it, I can do it too, so more from having a concept lyrically and then adding music to it. And then it just sort of developed over time, solo, and then became more of a band thing now. Very cool. Mike, same question. When did you decide you wanted to perform or like pursue music? Uh, it, w it wasn't until uh, college. So it was further along than typical high school years where you're discovering music. I was really into, um, through, through friends and relatives, mostly pop punk. Um, I have a couple few few bands from that era that I still kind of am nostalgic about and really like the energy, like Saves the Day uh, is one. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I was sort of around it in high school. And then it wasn't until college I did my first open mic um, with a friend of mine, Shane. And uh, he he was the guy on the track team. I was on the track team in uh, college that had the guitar. And just really just one of those people that had um, a great ear for melody and very outgoing, which I'm a little reserved. So we, we went up on stage and, and did a, an acoustic open mic, and it was an exhilarating, exhilarating sort of first experience. And I've sort of rid that wave, rode that wave, kind of. Was that around here, around Pittsburgh? Um, it was uh, uh, East, Eastern PA, uh, Easton, Pennsylvania, uh, Lafayette College. Shout out Leopards. I think they're the Leopards. Maybe they changed. I don't know. Can't really know for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so you both write music. What is your process like when you sit down to write a song, Mike? Um, I've tried to learn what what kind of uh, gives me the best results. I think so. I am I'm a revisionist in the sense that I come up with an idea, and then um, I want to go over it again and again. I also kind of like document it. So um, if anybody's followed me on social media, probably the last year and a half, two years. A lot of the song ideas I've been either videotaping or just putting them down on MP3 and just putting them out into the world. So it's kind of like, I think it's a combination of being a perfectionist and 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 being a bit introverted, but at the same time, kind of searching for a great idea, a great melody, a great chorus. Um, so it's you know behind the headphones with the guitar, sheet of paper, not really too much into um, just you know, using using key, you know keyboards technology and um, writing down lyrics, coming up with melodies, and then recording them, and then revisiting them kind of over and over and over and over again. Adam, what's your songwriting process like? Uh, I I don't know. I I would say definitely on the lyrical side first, uh, and it's sometimes it's like lightning. It'll I think those are the best songs when they just something hits you or you something happens to you or maybe you see a movie or you hear another song and then you just kind of spill out all this these words like pages of words and then you go back to them um so i write the the words first and then i go back musically and try to uh, put a frame around it and make it into how 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 it would best suit the the story or the uh you know, whatever it is I'm writing, the poem or the song, and make it into something. So it's never, I don't know, sometimes then I go back, kind of like Mike was saying, and I'll revise and I'll take things more in a, like a sculpting sense. I'll have it, then I'll sculpt it into the, you know, what I want it to be. But the best ones, I think, are the ones that just come spontaneously, and then you you know you get that that feeling, and you're like, this is a good one. But you st I mean, you still maybe work on it or adjust it, but you just, I think the best thing is to not let anything get in the way and let it happen, although structure is a good thing, too, after the fact. Uh, you both have recordings out with your respective projects, correct? 
Yes. Yep. Yeah. And Adam, you just released something relatively recently. We just right? released. I'm super proud of it. I'm going to sound like I'm a. No, okay. So we just released uh, a project here, an EP, five songs recorded down in uh, Lawrenceville here, not too far away, um, produced by John Miller. And it is. I, like, I couldn't be. I don't know if anybody's like, heard it or I, I would really suggest that we do a different. Every song's almost a different style. There's different messages in each song. Some are more serious. Some are more uh, lightweight, lighthearted. But it's um, it's out all the major outlets. That's called Night Vision, and it's uh, I couldn't be more proud of it. Uh, well, let me ask you each about uh, the recording process. Uh, when it comes to your own material, do you like to have a lot of input when you're going to record? Uh, Mike, why don't we start with you? Um. So I've I've recorded with As Ladders three times in the studio, also with John Miller at Ice House Recording um, over in Lawrenceville. Um, I, you know, great environment. He sort of guided us into the recording world. I appreciate that. At 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 the very least, it, that's an awesome thing to do. Um, so we had a couple couple shots at it. The recordings that I really like in retrospect were these kind of like day long just getting the track down and then maybe doing a little bit of overdubbing. Um, so like that, you know, it just kind of catches some sort of uh, I don't know, I, I feeling within the day and, and it, it definitely carries over into the recording. So I like that. That's not quite what we did this time around, although we did the tracking and, and it was live tracking. Um, this most recent one is an album called All Fiction. It's six songs, so it's a little more involved than the, than the previous releases. And that experience was remarkably different because all of the creativity happened afterwards, even though we're still playing our instruments, still singing. Um, I'm still singing. And um, just the choices you can make afterward, um, it became more of a, I don't know, I just think maybe just something that has a bunch of different layers and it has a more um, kind of conscientious approach. Um, but it's varied. I, I, I think a hybrid of that in a, in a great recording environment gives some pretty good results. Cool. Adam, uh, do you like to take control in the studio when it comes to your music? Well, I, I think to a certain extent, and I'm definitely, I think a lot of people that know me would say I'm a control freak. Not a freak, but, you know, I, I like to be in, in control of things. Um, that, that being said, there are... the people that played on the record are super talented and they they did a lot of awesome stuff that is within within the structure and within the what the song means they're certainly their own thing so I had a some songs were more specific where everything is more here's exactly what I want but then some things were more uh, let's leave things open for interpretation and even improvisation within within certain elements. So I, I would say for the most part, I like to be in control of the, the vision, you know, sort of like the record night vision, but also... Shout out. Shout out <laughs> to my, plugging myself. Um, but with I, I had some amazing direction on the record and, and the musicians that played on it were just phenomenal. Some CD players, right? Some CD players, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we play with a lot of the same musicians and we have a lot of the same friends and Really, it's it's a blessing because like every I know these these guys are like not just saying this for the cameras, but these guys are my butts. But yeah, we had a lot of the same people. Um, Frank, who you know plays with uh, your band, he's in New York now. He's on the record. Um, I'll give a couple quick shout outs to so try not to miss anybody. Uh, Erica Johnson singing on the record. John Graz, amazing dude. Jay Constable uh, playing on the record on all the drums. Uh, Lloyd Willisy uh, goes by Cookie. This. Uh, uh, this guy, he's he's great, and he just uh, he makes everything his own. Shreds. He shreds. So hopefully that's everybody. I mean, I I, I was on it too. Uh, you know, I was on it too. But um, John Miller, of course. Uh, hopefully that's everybody. If I missed anybody, I'm sorry. But Bill Davy, Dylan, who uh, is not on, on the record. record. I I didn't know him yet actually. But we were uh, we were musical match. We just we just kind of hit things off musically, but. You'll be meeting him in a couple minutes here whenever we um, play. We'll get to that. Sorry, but uh, getting <laughs> a little ahead of gun. myself. Yeah. Uh, well, we're almost there. Only a few more questions left. Uh, 
Where can we find, oh, actually, what's coming up in the future for each of you uh, in your projects? Can we expect anything on the horizon? Mike? Sure. I, um, I've recently kind of got into some songwriting, coming up with more ideas to, um, to work out with the band, and uh, sort of in the process of doing that, I also create my own videos, my music videos. Um, so we have some for As Ladders. We have three at the moment that are have passed all of the uh, hurdles of this sucks, what, what the hell's wrong with you, you know, why, why are you making these videos within the band, but they've passed the levels of approval. So they're out there. Um, I spend time doing both of those things, and then the, the band itself, we're going to start playing again um, shows with some new music, um, maybe some new, uh, maybe I'll drop the guitar, sing a little bit, um, late summer in the fall. Adam, what can we expect from A Money? Well, you, you're going to expect some fantastic performances. <laughs> humbly, humbly speaking, uh, we'll be playing some more shows. Humbly speaking, humbly speaking, speaking, humbly, humbly. Okay. Uh, well, it's you know it's what I'm I'm proud of. So we'll we'll be doing some more shows in the near future, and uh, we'll you know hopefully solo and and, and with the whole band and uh, doing that, and then hopefully maybe next summer go back in the studio and a lot of songs that are ready to cook up, but just kind of get the, you know, get the planning and process. So some of that, and hopefully a music video in the near future. Great. Where can we find information for each of your musical projects? Uh, Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram. Most of the stuff is, we'll say, A Money in the downtown city or AM downtown city. Find it online, Spotify as well. Um, as ladders, um, I'm in, engaged in, in Instagram, and it's, it's just rapid fire social media, but as as underscore ladders on Instagram um, is probably the best place, and then YouTube and Spotify are also great places to listen to the music that we've done. Great. So we already heard from Mike and As Ladders. Adam, would you like to perform a song? I, I'd be happy to. And we'll invite Mr. Dylan Davy up to the stage too. Uh, what's the name of this next song you're going to play here, Adam? It is Electric Serenade. All right. Up next is Adam Morelli with Dylan Davy performing Electric Serenade. We'll be right back. Thanks for having us on the podcast, Dan. My name's Adam. This is Mr. Dylan Davey on the guitar, and this song is on our album. It's called Electric Serenade. tight to let go we need to learn to forgive and forget learn to live and let live without regret look we're all superstars superstars even if we haven't made it yet electric serenade sparks fly slow motion melting in the city of rivers and bridges and gentrification we struggle to survive while the other 99 they sit atop the hill so high but don't hate what isn't perfect I won't let some woman in high heels and a tight black dress Tell me I'm not worth it Electric serenade from the rooftops to the road To the people in the crowd To those who have been built up And to those who have been bruised and beaten down We sing a serenade for the high wire acts The record breakers, the sword swallowers And the insomniacs Cause I can't sleep at night I'm thinking about what's going wrong And I just want to make it right Electric serenade We listen while we play Through this colorful parade we call our lives You see this beauty that we made is a memento We need to give love to get love Hold on tight to let go We need to learn to forgive and forget Learn to live and let live without regret Look, we're all superstars Even if we haven't made it yet in the sink Don't give up on me, I won't give up on you. 
give up on me. I won't give up on you. Don't give up on me. I won't, I won't, I won't give up on you. moments of fortune and fame and when we're on stage we try so hard to forget all the pain we're singing our hearts out for glory and the electric serenade so we ride onto our cubicles yeah we ride on into work we punch in and we punch out just to wonder what for then it's back to the grind we give and we take we build and we break we grin and we shake we yearn and we ache we do what it takes we struggle in vain remember our names cause you know one day we'll all be treated the same electric serenade we listen while we play through this colorful parade we call our lives see this beauty that we made is a memento we need to give love to get love hold on tight to let go we need to learn to forgive and forget learn to live and let live without regret look we're all superstars even if we haven't made it yet And we're singing Do, 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 do Do, 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 do Whoa, oh, Do, 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 do Whoa, Do, 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 do Do, 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 do Do, 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 do Whoa, You know it's gonna get better? Whatever they tell you, it's gonna be all right. Just keep believing, keep believing in yourself. Electric serenade, we listen while we play through this colorful parade we call our lives. See this beauty that we made is a memento. We need to give love to get love, hold on tight to let go. We need to learn to forgive and forget, learn to live and let live without regret. Look, we're all superstars, superstars. Even if we haven't made it yet. Hi, I'm Angela Autumn. This is my song called Colorado.
Wonderful, Angela. That was a thank that you. Was a great performance there. Thank you. Um, and I'm glad that that you can make it on today. Uh, and uh, why don't we just hop right into it here and talk about what Let's you know, what in. what drew you to to music? What do you remember from your childhood? Mm. Uh, do you remember thing anything as a kid that made you realize you wanted to do music? Mm. I pretty much grew up in a very remote location, so I didn't have a lot to do. And I think. Um, playing guitar kind of just became something that I would do by myself for fun. And of course I grew up listening to um, all of my dad's records, like Neil Young and James Taylor. So, but yeah, like my dad like loved James Taylor. So it was definitely in my veins a little bit. I hear that. I, and I, I hear uh, a lot of like Joni Mitchell is, is that, is that something yeah. that's an influence? Yeah. yeah. She was like a later and in, in, in a later influence, but I love her tunings and I think she, she just, comes up with incredible, you know, chord structures and song structures, and we can only aspire to be as great as Joni Mitchell, so. Um, well, that's really cool. When did you uh, decide you wanted to, you know, write music and perform live and, you know, be a musician? When do you, is there a specific time where you thought of that? Yeah, so um, I was always, like, pretty theatrical and wanted to be on stage and, like, the center of attention, but... Being a singer-songwriter is something I didn't expect to be doing, um, but I definitely knew before college that I would I would pursue it after college, um, and I did it like all through high school and um, into college, and I started writing songs when I was 15, so since, ever since then, I've kind of just stayed with it, and I'm happy that I have kept with it. Did you ever take rewarding. Like, lessons or anything growing up? Or? Yeah, so I started playing guitar um, at a young age. I think I was... 10 or so and then I kind of stopped taking lessons right. um I think I broke my arm or something happened it was weird and I couldn't take them so but uh yeah the guitar came before the singing Did I you would think say that benefited you for maybe like you know taking lessons for a short period of time and then breaking your arm not taking lessons and kind of force you to develop your own kind of style and your own kind of playing did that happen at all I wouldn't say that breaking my arm do you like did anything or had a profound impact on but I, I would say that um stepping away from lessons and just like getting out in front of people really changed the way I looked at like my instrument and my voice because I figured out that it was something that people liked and like they would tell you good job and it like felt good to do and yeah. make people happy so There's nothing better than people applauding right well, like, that's such a good <laughs> feeling you know thank you right. thank you it's definitely like i'm just i'm just like an adrenaline junkie like i run and i like sing on stage so after you 
get that feeling of like people like screaming for you, even if it's just your friends, it's kind of like you like chase that all the time. Like, how am I going to get that feeling again? Yeah, it is really an addiction. And like, I think like as musicians, we don't often get paid well. And people like often tell me like, why do you do that all the time? And it's like, well, because what else am I going to do? You know, like. What else is there? Climb Mount Everest or something. Yeah, like, like, I guess I could do that, or I could play a guitar, you know, and that seems pretty fun too. Which you know? one is gonna be worse? Yeah, right. <laughs> like hypothermia or, or calluses on my calluses hands? Calluses, my yeah, fingers, uh-huh. or like one person in the crowd who's like on their phone, like, oh, I'm sort of interested in. I guess that that that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Now it's like we get a lot of times where we, you know get acceptance and like get applause but then yeah there are times where it's like pretty rough yeah it's like a song it's like the battle of being a songwriter because you want to play your songs as they are and then you want to combat what you just talked about like people interested in like loud you know like everyone wants to dance so it's like oh do I get a band or do I just stay doing this solo thing and like I think people these days maybe favor the band thing or at least in Pittsburgh, I don't know. That's what I. That's how uh, I. Feel. You know, I feel like, especially you know, in the internet age, there's so many different like genres, and you find yeah. your niche. You know, like even if there's not like you know, even if Pittsburgh isn't really like a huge like you know, and it, I'm not saying this is true, but if it wasn't a singer songwriter town, you'd still probably find like-minded people, just because there's so many people. You know, it. You don't have to get pigeonholed. You know? Yes, like I know, like Paul Luke, Morgan Arena, um, like Shane McLaughlin from Buffalo Rose, um, John Bindley. Like those are all people that I look up to and like who have kind of helped me like detail my path as a songwriter. So um, there's definitely a community of songwriters here, which I'm like thankful for. Um, what is your songwriting process like? Ooh, good question. <laughs> I have all my songs as voice voice memos. Oh, okay. yeah. So um, what I'll do is like pick up my guitar and go into my room and hit record, and then I I save it and I like get as far along in the song as I can, and then I'll come back and check it out later and like listen to what I like and don't like. And um, sometimes those are just bits and pieces that I'll like copy and paste into another song, or sometimes it's just like good enough and I can play the whole thing. Yeah, I do the same thing, actually. Like, I'll, I'll voice record something, then forget it for, like, two years. Right. Come back to it and be like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? And then maybe, like, not even use it as a whole song, but, like, punch it into, you know, a different song or something. Um, Thank you, Apple. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so why don't we take a break and, and have you perform another song? Would that be cool? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back with Angela Autumn performing a second song here. Okay, this song is called Rascal. You're a rascal In the nth degree
She just performed her song, Rascal. Um, what was that song about? That song was just about this whole culture, I guess you'll call it, of um, hitting like the West and kind of exploring. And I think people use it as like a disguise. Like, oh, I'm this person who does cool stuff, but I'm and I'm going to meet people this way. But then it like deep down there actually living a damaging lifestyle. And that song was just about an individual that I met who was like living a damaging lifestyle that looked really great from the outside. I think we but might know the same not. person. <laughs> no, I think we do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I knew that, I knew that like, even though it seemed appealing, the lifestyle and the individual, like I realized that you should probably take care of yourself, sure. you know? Yeah. So well, that's cool. Um, so have you ever played in bands or have you always been kind of like a, a solo? Act? When I was a kid, I played in a couple of bands. What were those like? I was in a ska band and like a ska cover band and I was in a blues band. Oh, okay, cool. So those were my two, my two bands and uh, haven't really played in a band since then. Do you prefer playing, you know, by yourself or do you like, you know, sharing the stage? I like sharing the stage. I just like feeding off the energy of other musicians. So um, once the right folks come along, I, I think I'd really like to do that in the future. Very cool. Um, do you have any recordings out there? Yeah. So I just released a single called In the Promised Land. It's on my band camp. Um, I also have um, a limited release, which is kind of like an EP, I guess. And it has five songs I recorded at the church with Dave Heideck. Um and they're available at my shows. So just like come see me, hit me up on Facebook or like Instagram message. You can get one. What what is your uh what was the recording process like for you for both of those projects? I detest the studio in that you have to sing to a click track. It's like very arduous. You have to continually like redo the guitar and like do like fifteen vocal takes, but I understand 
why that's important. So just kind of like getting my feet wet with that process was, I think, good, especially for somebody like me who wants to do this for a long time. So necessary evil recording. Uh, That's right. Uh, Anything coming up in the future that you'd like to promote? Nothing coming up in the immediate future. I'm actually going to take a trip, um, a road trip out west, and I'll be back in September. And I'm doing a show where I'm opening for Raylan Nelson um, at Liveberg Studio. So that's what will be next. It's a while away. but Um, Where can we find information about your music? On my Facebook page, facebook.com, Angela Autumn Music. All right, we'll put a little link at the bottom. And it will look real official. Um, well, Angela Autumn, uh, it was great talking with you. Uh, would you like to play Thank one you. more song for us? Of course. What's this song called? This song is called Gloria Jean. All right. Uh, we'll be right back with Angela Autumn performing Gloria Jean. You had someone share your own mind I know you like him, I know you do I know he cares for you, cares for you too But Gloria Jean, bet you weren't thinking All the consequences of your youth You dropped like a top, baby spun Didn't stop you, just looking for some kind of truth I seen the grasses grow in the meadow Sown like army greens Come with me where the woods and the willows Glow like kerosene Glow with gold and green for my glory Where the 